Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. We are coming to you live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. My watch says uh, 2.12, actually 3.12 on Friday afternoon, which means, come on, you've already mentally checked out anyways. Why don't you get that weekend jump started, kill a little time at work by tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast. Of course, if you're not live with us, uh, you can always watch this PrepCast on replay or download this podcast wherever you download and subscribe to podcasts, Apple Google, Spotify, Stitcher, etc. All right, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast where we talk about District 3 activities. My name is Brandon Bainey. You might be going, where's Logan Green? You know, where's where's our southern gentleman, LG? Wow. Well, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's uh, taking a little family vacation time. So uh, we brought in the big, the big boss, Paul Kingsbury, to fill in today on the Treasure Valley PrepCast. Paul, thank you for doing this. You know what, Brandon? Hello. I, I honestly, and this is this is no joke. During the opening, Logan was calling me, and I'm like, I had to give him an auto response saying, "Hey, I'm busy right now. Call me back." <laughs> Covering for you while you're going to a Panthers Bucks game on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually paid money to go to that game too. Not a lot, but he paid money. Logan, a true glutton for punishment. Of course, anybody yeah. that's tuned into the show knows he's North Carolina born and bred, and he loves that's his good. He loves his Carolina Panthers. Um, they are not good, uh, no. unfortunately. So their owner is a slob. I mean, it's it's terrible up and down the ladder there, in North Carolina. Real mess uh, for sure. So hey, have fun, Logan. He'll be back next week on the Treasure Valley Prepcast. Yep. In the meantime, Paul, we got a lot to get to because uh, there just seems to be every year in Idaho, um, it's it's like a, a virus that spreads. You know, it started with a handful of holiday basketball tournaments and then it doubled the next year and then it tripled the year after that. We have so many holiday hoops tournaments. This is a good thing though. I think it is. And, and teams going out of state um, to, to do holiday tournaments, which, you know, we saw a lot of this year. It used to be a luxury for certain schools, you know, and, and you'd go down because you all, sometimes you had to be invited. There's always a waiting list now. You know, there's there's coaches that are very proactive in their programs and, and you know, they're contacting these out of state tournaments ahead of time, getting on the list. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see the out, out, out of state competition because you all, you know, you can't get better unless you're playing up. And a lot of at these big tournaments, you know, a lot of times they don't invite the schlubs to come. You know, they invite the top tier to come and it's a battle every game and, you know, steel sharpens steel, uh, what they say. So, yeah, I'm excited to see more and more teams. Um, going to these Christmas tournaments. Yeah, for sure. I figured we'd start on the girls' side and then kind of work our way through what happened in boys' basketball. So on the girls' side, of course, one of the largest tournaments, uh, might be the largest girls' basketball tournament of the year, the annual Timberline Tournament. This is co-hosted by Timberline and Bora timber lion right um and paul this is an event that you you've seen up close over the years uh and you've seen it really grow in in numbers over the years as well you know and we spent many many years uh broadcasting that event from from both locations you know will hennicky and someone would be at at one location and, and i'd be at usually bora with gary and glenn the jones brothers and you know and we 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 broadcast that that event for many, many years. And yeah, it's, it's grown and it's, it's become, like you said, the premier girls basketball tournament in the state, maybe, maybe beyond. We had five different teams go three and zero at the tournament. It's not like a bracket, right? It's all just, here's your teams, here's your times and you get three yeah. games. Um, but there were five different class five, a schools that went undefeated, Paul, uh, why he, why he goes three and zero? They beat Minico, Bishop Kelly, and Esperanza, California. Eagle went three and zero. They beat Bishop Kelly, Lowry, Nevada, and Coal Valley Christian. Rocky Mountain went three and zero. They beat Thunder Ridge, Coal Valley Christian, and Burley. Middleton went three and zero. They beat Hillcrest, Emmett, uh, and then they picked up a win in their last game. And then Timberline went three and zero, and they beat Lowry, Nevada, Skyview. And Caldwell. So of those five teams, Paul, Owyhee, Eagle, Rocky Mountain, Middleton, Timberline, which one impressed you the most? Which team has caught your eye this season out of those five? 
you know, first I want to say, if you look at it, it looks like they schedule this tournament in order to give those five ASIC teams some nice uh, stay sharp games. Um, out of all of those, out of all those three and O's, they played one other five A team, Thunder Ridge. Everything else was four A and, and below, um, which is just something I, I picked up on. I went, hey, if you're going to host a tournament, you might as well use it to your advantage and uh, and hone some skills in the meantime. Um, but looking at it, you know, Middleton is always fun to watch. Timberline. And so out of those, out of those five, Eagle, um, I think is one of those that. Um, is impressive or why he is was the most dominating i think um against those those schools so i, I really can't have any conversation about treasure valley high school basketball without a why he being in the mix boys or girls and so you know why he i think is is a team that uh from the looks of it is going to be one of the possibly six teams on that bracket here in about six weeks yeah, it's going to be a really interesting fight to the finish in this 5A SIC. Owyhee is 3-1 and one in league play. Their lone loss was to Rocky Mountain by 10, 56-46. And that's the team I've kind of been keeping an eye on all season long is Rocky Mountain. They got all the way to the championship game last year. They brought back their dynamic guard, CeCe Legaspi, right? She's back. Um, in Rocky. Yeah, she's a, she's a really fun player. Um, and Rocky has kind of very quietly gone 11 and two so far. They're four and zero in conference play. And, you know, using the theory of a lot of people think Boise is the best team in five, a girls hoops this year, yeah. Boise has one loss. It was to Lake city. Well, Rocky mountain is the only team that's beaten Lake city. So, I mean, correct. I don't know, using that circle of who's beaten who that's correct. I don't know. I think and Rocky's pretty good. They are. And and looking at that circle of life up there, you know, Coeur d'Alene um, was kind of looking at the uh, the team to beat this year. And and with that circle, that Lake City Coeur d'Alene game is really going to be the show me game. Um, but that's a north. I'm sure you and Ryan uh, talked about that. I haven't watched it yet, but uh, but I'll go back and watch the North Idaho prep cast. And but the five A five A girls. Um, did that tournament last year and and there was just so many exciting players um especially on this rocky mountain team they were an absolute joy to watch um you know head coach bj humphreys great coach great guy um i don't like talking to him because he's here and i'm way down here big tall guy <laughs> complete opposite of me uh but but you're right um rocky mountain's one of those teams and and you know if ibsic a lot of everywhere else in the state sees it unfair but they could grab six of the eight spots on that tournament um and everybody you mentioned plus boise um you know it all comes down to what happens in districts of course now um to see who goes out but uh yeah it's it's going to be a fun we call it second half of the season but really it's the final third um of the season once you get into january they pack so many games into november and december that once you get into january everything counts everything matters and what I've loved to see this year with the 5A teams is they've all kind of played each other. So we all have these data points, right? Lake City and Coeur d'Alene right. have played Boise and Rocky Mountain. Uh, yeah. Rigby and Coeur d'Alene played at the Tarkanian Classic in Las Vegas, of all places. They played uh, two yeah. Idaho teams met the semis there in Vegas. Uh, you had Rigby who beat Owyhee. Owyhee beat Rocky. Rocky beat Lake City. Is Rigby the best team now? I don't know. So I had a really hard time filling out my bra or uh, my my poll this week for the first media poll of the year. Ultimately, what I settled on was Lake City one, Boise two, and then Rigby three, Coeur d'Alene four, Rocky five. So why did you put Rocky above or Coeur d'Alene above Rocky? I'm, that, that's just me being curious. Um, because. Uh, Coeur d'Alene played Rocky pretty tough and lost. And then I think they have played a tougher schedule thus far, but I mean, okay. it's splitting hairs really. I, seriously. Not... Just ask. There was, there was no uh, accusations or accusatory tone there. I, I used to be the one to do the, the media poll and, and some weeks, you know, if you're really busy, you kind of do what everybody else does and goes, D -d 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 -d. there we go. And those weeks when you, you know, do the job and like what you do, do the research and it can come down to, like you said, splitting hairs where you could have four different teams in a, in a five spot, but you have to pick one. So 
I, I respect the uh, the work you do on voting for idosports.com in those polls. It's not it's not an easy gig. Yeah, it's it's it was it was hard to sort through the data. So I I I think Boise and Rocky, you know, both look good. Middleton, Hawaii, Eagle. I feel pretty good about those three teams as well. And then my question is, if there is going to be a sixth, who is it? Timberline, is it Bora? I don't know. Um, I I feel really good about the five teams though at the top of the SIC and um, whoever has to play that second place team from the north, either Lake City or Coeur d'Alene. It's going to be a tough battle, but as we saw last year, Eagle beat Lake City, and so in that state playing game, so uh, anything can happen for sure. Um, also at the Timberline tournament, Capital Meridian and Mountain View all went two and one. They're all kind of in the middle of the pack in terms of the SIC this season. Uh, Cuna, Bora, and Centennial all went one and two. I think the most heartbreaking uh, losses were for Centennial. Um, they lost in overtime to Twin Falls uh, by only seven. They had to play a really good Esperanza team from California. Uh, they lost that game 52-38. CUNA lost on the last day to Lowry, Nevada by a single point, 56-55 in overtime. We had a couple OT games uh, on the third day of the Timberlion tournament with Centennial and CUNA. Yeah, and overtime is always a great way to gauge really how your team is because you know anybody can play in those normal three-quarter, three-and-a-half. It's, it's when things are... Uh, you know, crunch time, so to speak, you know, you're down to the end and you've got to be able to play smart every play. You've got to run things. I mean, overtime to me is really the, the forge that, uh, the kind of, that kind of makes a championship team and, and to see, uh, even if you lose, you learn something. And so, you know, having a, a tournament like this, I'm sure the hosts were thrilled to have overtime because no one wants to see blowouts every game. And there were a few in the Timberlion tournament. Um, but that one to end the day, you know, to end the day for CUNA, I, I'm looking forward to seeing how the uh, the lady cavemen do. Yeah, Katie Holmes does a good job coaching those girls up for sure yeah. over there at CUNA. Uh, so that, those were the 5A teams. A uh, couple of 4A schools were competing. Emmett and Skyview both go 0 and 3. Caldwell went two, uh, or excuse me, Caldwell went one and two. They lost to Capital by only two, 46 44. So they easily could have went two and one. And then Bishop Kelly went one and two, Paul. But I mean, look at who they played. They yeah. lost it. They lost to Eagle, 41 39. They lost to Hawaii, 49 to 40. And then they beat Hillcrest, which is a contemporary of theirs, a really good team um, over from East Idaho. And so you lose to Eagle by two, a Waihe by nine, and you get a win over another 4A team from the East. That's really good. I thought that was a really good showing for uh, Coach McCormick and the Bishop Kelly Knights. Yeah, Coach McCormick's been doing a great job there for a long time. And 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 that's why you can never go on a team's record. You have to look, like you said, the data points and and see that. Yeah, okay, they they lost, you know, they went one and two. Okay, well, let's look at those two. And like you just said, a few points, and that's reversed against you know, upper classification teams. So um, again, that uh, having these teams go to these tournaments and playing, playing teams up during the Christmas uh, season with the real meat of your schedule, so to speak, coming afterwards. It's brilliant. I love it. And Bishop Kelly, you know, brought back a lot from last year's team. They did lose, you know, the player of the year in the SIC, Caroline Knott, who was such a fun player to watch. Uh, but they brought back Kira Lazama. She was a starter in the backcourt. Brooke Hutchinson was another guard that started. Uh, Addie Leibel, 6'2 post. She came off the bench last year, but she's now holding her own inside. They had the sixth man of the year last year in Jordan Carnell. She's back. And so... It's really kind of a core nucleus of four or five returning varsity players. And then they're kind of bringing along this group of newcomers. And for Bishop Kelly so far, it's been pretty impressive. Their only losses are to Boise, Eagle, and Hawaii. Uh, but the, <laughs> the question is, like everything else, you know, how good is the 4A SIC this year? Will it give Bishop Kelly enough of a challenge uh, when it's time for them to get to state and they're going to have to play Shelly and Pocatello and Sandpoint, will they be battle tested enough when it's time for state? Well, I, if they remember the Timberlion tournament, yeah, I think they will be. I mean, they, they're, they're playing those teams to get themselves battle tested, but you can't get lax during your, your conference games just because maybe your conference is down versus what, uh, you know, your level of talent is. And yeah, getting to that, that tournament where you've got the Minicos and the Shelleys, it's going to be tough. It's and it's, but luckily, like I said, they've got Coach McCormick, who uh, he's been there. 
Uh, he's been there before. He's led teams there before. He knows what he's doing. So getting these girls ready, I don't think it's going to be a huge problem, but it's it's always fun to watch. We had a pair of Class 2A teams competing at the Timberline Tournament as well to kind of round out. Uh, yeah. Credit to New Plymouth. I mean, they came and went 0-3. Uh, they lost to Burley, Caldwell, and Meridian. But, you know, they've got a first-year coach in Tara Lake. She was previously an assistant coach at Middleton High School. And then, hey, if you've got a chance to take a head coaching job, you take it. Um, right. Kind of a bonus, her daughter comes along with her and is one of the best players in the 2A Western Idaho Conference this year. Um, so this is a new Plymouth team that said, let's go challenge ourselves. They go 0-3. Um, but I was pretty impressed with with their ability to take on the challenge, knowing that, hey, we're going to take on much bigger opponents here. Right. And that family relation goes to Fruitland, where Willie Lake is the girls coach. Um, and so he, earlier in the season, Willie always submits scores to the media and and he included in there, yeah, my 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 niece torched us for like 29 points. Don't say anything, Kingsbury, you know. Uh, it's always fun. You know, I've, I've known the Lakes a long time, and uh, Willie especially, and great people. But, yeah, New Plymouth going there, getting tested. They went 0-3, but they played some good teams. They played some upper classification teams. So you're going to see three losses on their schedule that should be there, right? Um, you're not going to go undefeated playing teams like this. And, you know, it's uh, it'll be – it's always fun to, for me to, to watch the pilgrims and, and we'll talk about the boys side as well, but um, good, good for them for showing up and, and competing hard. Cause they did. I mean, they, they didn't really get blown out except to Meridian in that loss. Everything else was pretty competitive. Yep. And for Cole Valley Christian, uh, they went one and two, they picked up a win over Mountain View, a five, a school 43, yeah. 38. Now this is a Mountain View team. That's down quite a bit they had some players transfer to other schools in the 5a sic um yeah. and so they are pretty much hitting the reset button and starting over there but um outside of that they lost to rocky mountain by only 9 53 42 and they lost to eagle by only 7 56 47 did i do the math right on that or is that also a I nine point loss yeah that's a nine point loss too. 56 47 yeah. um either way uh, we know Coach Matt Begling, uh, Beglinger uh, never wanted to back down from a challenge. No. He thinks his team's good enough to win the 2AWIC, and I'd say based on these results, yeah, I'd, I'd back that up. Well, he's bringing back some good players as well, you know, Wetzel and Fraz. And like you said, Bedlinger, he's he's been there a long time, and he's always been a good friend of the program, by the way. Coach, if you're watching or listening, love you, buddy. He, he's always been very helpful with us when he was the AD there everything. And, and, and I, I've broadcast that two a girls uh, bracket quite a few times in the last few years. And, and it's always been great seeing Cole Valley that they always, always put on a good show for everybody. And, and they're always good. I mean, Cole Valley is just uh, one of those teams where you, you just know without looking at their, their uh, preview that, yeah, they're probably going to be good this year. Yeah. Cole Valley's only losses this year were to Centennial by six. It's a 5A school. Uh, Parma by six. Very good 3A program. Very good. Grange, Grangeville by four in the second right. game of the year. And Grangeville's no slouch. They'll be at state this year. And then these two losses at the Timberline tournament. They beat Melba in the first matchup by three, 55-52. Rematch comes in Melba Thursday, January 18th. That's one we'll circle on the calendar, Paul. Oh, that's always a, it's it's it turned into a great rivalry over the last few years with the Clark sisters coming through Melbourne and, and kicking them up, you know, to the top of the standings year after year after year. And and so watching those uh, Melba versus Cole Valley battles, uh, boy, they're a joy to watch. They, they always you always pick it up for your rival. Always doesn't matter what the records are. And and that's the case now, especially, you know, they're one one and two. Uh, and so that that battle, I might I might go to that game. Yeah, it's a it's going to be a must see game for sure. Again, that's January eighteenth. Uh, all right, that's the Timberlion tournament. What else was happening? Well, Parma was hosting their annual holiday tournament as well. Eight teams got together uh, locally from the Treasure Valley. Valley View took seventh place. They went one and two. They beat Ontario, Oregon in the uh, seventh place game, forty to twenty two. You know what I've learned, Paul, in a short amount of time here. I I know nothing about Oregon basketball really. Um, I know that Ontario is not very good at like anything. I'm not sure yeah. why that is, but they really seem to struggle at least when they play Idaho teams. Right. And, and, and I'm from new Plymouth, right? Everybody knows that. I, and that's like nine miles from the border. So 
you know, I, I've that's where we went cruising on the weekends was to Ontario. <laughs> Had a couple girlfriends from Ontario. But yeah, they always suck. <laughs> for whatever reason they do. And, uh, you know, they, they had a chance at glory when they had Tony Cade coaching their football program and they ruined that, uh, when he left, but Vale, which is just down the road for them is, is always dominant, which is crazy that you've got Ontario a few miles down the road, Vale, and even Nissa dominant. Um, so, you know, I'm not doing a deep dive in, in Oregon high school, but yeah, it's, it's kind of like a, and no, no one from Oregon's watching anyway. So it's always an easy W when you throw them on the schedule. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, Cary and Wood River, right. In the, in this, in the Sun Valley, you know, they're not that far apart. And yet, I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Uh, so Valley View took seventh. Basically, they, they haven't caught up with the Treasure Valley where kids just transfer everywhere and nilly, willy nilly, and it's the Wild West. And, uh oh. <laughs> Can you say bona fide? we'll edit that oh. out folks don't worry oh yeah it's not like this is live or anything oh, oh boy i knew there was a chance bringing on kingsbury that you know he was going to come in half cocked and here we go uh napa christian took fifth at the parma holiday tournament they went one yeah. and two uh they lost to gooding um 46 40 or they beat gooding by a point 46 45 to uh take fifth place there um really the big story though was on the winner side of the bracket where parma fell in the semifinals to kimberly 53 43 uh they turn around and beat american falls in the third place game 54 to 30 so the host panthers take third weezer gets to the championship um against kimberly and they win pretty convincingly 51 34 um they also picked up a tight win over american falls in the semis 45 43 and so i think weezer and parma are the two teams to keep an eye on in the 3a uh srv snake river valley conference fruitland also i think is is pretty sneaky this year one of the big keys for parma though is they are missing one of their best players uh out for the season and that has kind of changed you know what Parma can do a little bit. And so the gap has definitely narrowed between Parma and everybody else in this league. Well, last night Parma loses to Fruitland by four or five points tomorrow night. They play Weezer. So, I mean, they're opening up the new year with a gauntlet of Fruitland Weezer, and then they, they host Payette. But yeah, last night, 59, 54 to Fruitland tonight at Weezer. So yeah, Parma's really got to come out. Other players step up. It's always fun seeing a Parma team, uh, with a winning record and Parma's had some really, really good girls basketball teams over the years. And, and, uh, and this one I think can, uh, can, can probably match that. Yeah. And so again, for Parma, a little bit of a different look, they've lost their all first team, all conference point guard cadence Kaiser to a knee injury and probably done for the season, which is yep. awful news. And we hate to hear that, but Coach Calkins is a good, I mean, he'll, he'll get those girls adjusted and it may not be as, as dominant as we've seen in years past, but, um, between really Fruitland, Weezer, Parma, and you know, McCall Donnelly is always hanging in there too. They've got Gabby green. They've got some dynamic athletes, right? Uh, it'll, it'll be, it'll be a fun race for sure. In the, uh, three, a SRV. Um, okay. That was what was happening in girls basketball for holiday tournaments. Let's switch over to boys hoops. Paul, you mentioned these out of state tournaments. We had mountain view, Hawaii and Valley view all hit the coast. The California coast went down to SoCal, Hawaii yep. and Valley view went to the classic at Damien. This is held at Damien high school in Laverne, California, Hawaii and Valley view are kind of annual participants, uh, at this tournament, the past couple of years, they each went two and two against California competition. Um, so for a they were playing in the most difficult bracket as well. The platinum bracket it's called. And so for a to go two and two, I thought was a pretty good showing. Oh, it is pretty good showing. And, and again, you look at the, the scores that, that they had, they, they didn't lose by more than I think 10 in any of those two losses. Um, and coming into, um, back to Idaho, you know, they've been beating everybody by close to 20, except for that Middleton game the other night, um, where they beat them by 11, I think. Um, I was at that game. They were up by 12 at the most. It was tied at one point. I mean, Middleton came out with, I mean, they were hell bent on, on fury with that one. It was a great game and Owyhee is good. And, and I don't care about offense. Um, their defense was phenomenal. So for Owyhee to go down there and get quote battle tested, uh, by some of those schools down there, have a great showing. And, and I love any Idaho school going anywhere representing us um 
5A down to 1A, you're representing Idaho. And these guys represented Idaho very well down in that tournament. So did Dolly View. Yes. Uh, Owyhee lost to Roosevelt High, which is in Los Angeles, uh, 71-66. Which Roosevelt is that named after, Paul? Do you know? Probably Franklin. I'd say FD. No, Teddy. I had had a 50-50 on it, and I (laughs) blew it. Theodore Roosevelt High in Los Angeles. They also lost to Corona Centennial by 10, 64-54. In a bit of an ironic uh, flip here, and and then they also beat De La Salle and La Mirada. Those are both California schools also. A bit of irony, Corona Centennial came up to Hawaii for the Pro Image uh, Winter Classic that Hawaii hosted a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And everybody thought, okay, Hawaii's going to play Corona Centennial in this championship. Well, Corona Centennial got to the title, but Hawaii didn't. And so I guess it was fate. They were destined to cross paths eventually, Paul. It was fate. fate. Yeah, I mean, if you can get a home and away with a team from L.A., that's pretty good scheduling right there. I mean, that's, that's some travel involved with both those teams. So kudos to them. Yeah, uh, Valley View also went two and two in a, in a different bracket at the Classic of Damien. They beat Colony California and Hunter Utah. They, or excuse me, they they lost to Colony California and Hunter Utah, and then they defeated Citrus Valley and Rancho Dominguez, both from California. There, Mountain View went to a totally different tournament. They went to Rancho Mirage, California, for the Desert Holiday Classic. Uh, they go one and three, Paul, but man, they played. Some upper echelon teams, Bishop Gorman yep. from Las Vegas, uh, Modern yep. Day, which uh, Paul in the early 2000s had like uh, over a hundred game winning streak in football. Uh, that's where yeah. Reggie Bush went to high school. Yeah, <laughs> they're pretty yeah. legit. Um, and then they lost to Lincoln High School from California as well. So they went one and three, but man, they were playing a gauntlet of teams. Well, again, look at those scores, you know, Matter D 73 to 70. They lost, not bad. Lost to Lincoln 73 61. They competed. You know, and Coach Nettleton, great guy, great coach. Um, you know, he's 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 had he's had good teams over the years, and and he knows how to coach and and get as much as as he possibly can out of every athlete on his roster. So seeing them go down there and and you know one and three, so what? You know, they went down and and they got better coming back to Idaho. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, list of alumni from uh, Modern Day High School. Paul, here's the name you'll recognize: Todd Marinovich. Yeah. Former Great hockey. <laughs> no. Uh, well, he, he was in your era, 80s, 90s, quarterback for USC, and then he played for the Raiders. No? Okay. Weirdly enough, I did not watch sports growing up, <laughs> except I watched the Bulls. That's basically all I was allowed to watch. We can dive into that <laughs> trauma later, but yeah. Yeah. My You're era like- doesn't. You're like Sean Kane on the East Idaho prep cast. That's all he knows is Chicago, 90s Chicago Bulls. He was talking about, uh, I think it was Shea Shippen from Skyline. He said, yeah, she she dribbles like Pippen, shoots like Coach." <laughs> I was going to say Bill Winnington. Let's see if he can go back that far. Stacey King, drop those names on on Mr. Kane. See if he has, see if he remembers them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So congratulations to Mountain View going one and three at the Desert Holiday Classic. And then, um, you know, they got right back into to league play as well here, starting out the new year. Um, and they picked up a big win. Uh, I'm trying to remember who that was against. It was just last night or the night before. Uh, Mountain View is now 6-4 and four overall. They are 1-0 and oh in conference play. Paul, they beat Nampa in their conference opener, 46-43. So a nice win there for the Mavericks. Okay, let's go to the East Idaho Holiday Shootout. This was over in Idaho Falls. Uh, Skyline, Rigby, Idaho Falls, Bonneville all kind of teamed up and combined their powers like the Captain Planet Planeteers and uh, put on this tournament. Meridian, Timberline, Boise all went over to compete. Meridian and Timberline each go 3-0, Paul. Kind of an underreported story. Timberline is 10-0 in boys hoops. They haven't lost yet. You know, Coach Noble, great guy. I mean, used to, used to be at Oakley, and and here he is, and uh, just a, a great guy. And Timberline, I've always liked Timberline. You know, Tall Grop, the AD, he and I have known each other a long time. Coach Noble, um, it, it's all it's a it's a good school. Got you know nieces nephews going there, and so you're right, ten and zero um, for Timberline. But nobody nobody's looking at okay, yeah, it's Timberline. Everything is Hawaii. You know, everything's Hawaii, and and looking down from there and. And, uh, and I think Timberline 
might be okay with that. You know, sometimes you get, if you're below the radar somewhat, well, sometimes you get overlooked and, uh, and Timberline, I think they, they don't care about the in season recognition. You know, if, if they're the ones holding some, uh, some hardware at the end of the year. Yeah. And Timberline, you know, picked up a nice win over Rigby, uh, 39, 24 at the East Idaho holiday shootout. Conversely Meridian beat Rigby, but it was only by five 69, 64. Also yeah. Timberline has beaten Eagle this year. And Eagle was kind of viewed as the other team, maybe at the top of the pecking order with the They beat Eagle right before the holiday break 49, 46. So this Timberline yeah. team is no joke. Oh yeah. And, and they're not scoring a ton of points, um, which means they're great at ball control and defense. And, and that's just what you see with that. And that's, those are the kind of teams that, that uh, coach Noble tends to produce. And, and if you're playing good defense, defense, I'm a firm believer defense wins championships. It's not about how many points you score. It's, it's how many, uh, you know, shots you let the other team take. And, and it's going to be fun watching them with well, looking at them. They've got Meridian tonight. You know, that's a good one to watch, but being at Middleton next Thursday, that's one that I think uh, Logan and I might do. I, I, I think I want to be there for that one. So we might be yeah. throwing that one on the schedule. Yeah, I, I've already started kind of sketching out games we should go cover. And that was at the top of the list for sure. Yep. Timberline yep. at Middleton next Thursday. They've got a kid that could really fill it up. Alex Coe. Uh, he can get hot from, from the perimeter. And, man, he's a fun player to watch. I got to see him last year at, at State. And, yeah, he's he's a fun guy for sure. So way to go. Timberline 3-0, and Meridian 3-0. and Boise went 1-2. and They lost to Rigby and Madison. No shame there. They did beat Sunrise Mountain from Arizona. Um, I got to assume they're not very good because Sunrise Mountain didn't win a single game. They lost to Meridian. They lost to Boise. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's a Thanks good for showing up, Sunrise. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess the sun is set on Sunrise Mountain. Ooh, nice. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. This is why I get paid the big bucks. So. so so I ticked off everybody in Oregon, and you just ticked off everybody in Arizona. Yeah, so the, just... the likelihood of uh, people from Arizona listening a little lower than Oregon, I feel like. Oregon's a border state. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, okay. One last 5A team to talk about. Rocky okay. Mountain. They went up north to the Avista Holiday Tournament. Yeah. This is uh, annually hosted by Lewiston and Clarkston High Schools. They held it at uh, Lewis and Clark State College there in Lewiston. You might be thinking, geez, why did Rocky Mountain go up to this tournament? You know, that's kind of unusual to see somebody go north. Well, there's a connection. Uh, their coach, sure. I- Ivory Williams, is a former Lapway standout. And so he knows all about the Avista holiday tournament and uh, yep. said, yeah, let's go up there and play. And they get all the way to the championship, Paul. They go two and one. They beat Lapway in the semifinals, 82-73. And then they fall to Lewiston in the title match, 55-39. But I thought it was a good showing from the Grizz. You know, and and Ivory, he was a standout at Lapway, a standout at College of Idaho, uh, you know, integral part of that Yotes team. Uh it was fun watching him there and now get to keep watching him um, coaching now. So, you know, I've, I've known Ivory for a while, actually slid into his DMS today, asking for something and, and just a down to earth guy. Everybody was surprised when he got the gig there at Rocky, right? He's doesn't have a coaching pedigree for a five, a school, but what's he doing? He's winning, you know, uh, he's doing a great job. He's got, he's, you know, coalescing his players and then going up there, that had to have been a blast having, you know, coaching a 5A team against your your alma mater at Lapway. That had to have been a blast, both for him and Lapway. I mean, the hometown boy coming in and seeing his success, that's uh, just a story that, uh, that that I love hearing. And so, you know, kudos to, to all of them for that. And I'm sure he, he, he didn't mind beating his old team either. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, Case, why not for Lapway scored 48 points against Rocky? Wasn't quite enough. <laughs> as the Grizzlies win. I should have passed the ball more. I think is really what happened there. And, and, you know, we talked about this on the North Idaho prep cast uh, about case. Why not from Lapway? You know, he's getting very close to breaking Idaho's all time uh, scoring record for points. Uh, that's going to happen like probably in the next handful of games. Um, but we talked about the, a big misconception is everybody, I think assumes that, Oh, he must shoot it, you know, 30 times a game and right. just be a ball hog. And, it's the exact opposite. He has so many triple doubles throughout his career, which means you have to be getting assist numbers. He will get the rebound. And the first thing he does is looks up court to see, can I, can I snap a full court pass to, cause that's what right. Lapway does. They just go, 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 go. And yeah. so 
Uh, he has been such a fun player to watch, and we're we're going to be working out a story about Case Why Not up there at Lapway on IdahoSports.com. So stay tuned for that, Paul. Yep, that's, that's he's a fun kid, and and that's that's the type of player that that college coaches love. You know, he he can score at will, but he doesn't. Uh, that that's just a, a a trait that you can't you can't coach that. You can't coach a, a kid to be unselfish. Uh, and even though he's leading his team in points, he's also leading his team in character. And, and I think that's that's better than points, in my opinion. Yeah, and committed to Utah State University. So we'll uh, see how that goes there. All right, let's go to the Parma Holiday Tournament Boys Edition now, where we'll start from the bottom and work our way up. Tri-Valley takes eighth place. They go 0-3, but... I mean, they were by far the smallest school at this thing, Paul. Uh, they had yeah. to play Skyview, Gooding, and Payette. Hey, Tri-Valley. Yeah. Welcome to the fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're exactly right. And you look at those teams and go, well, you know, besides Skyview, Gooding, and Payette, all right. But you're still playing teams that are, you know, way better than you and just by numbers. And so, and, you know, we, we love Tri-Valley. We've covered a lot of Tri-Valley sports over the years. And uh, seeing them come here, I think that's great. Love it. Yeah, they weren't afraid of the challenge, and they uh, they pushed Payette in that seventh place game. You yep. know, Payette Payette only won fifty six fifty one. So, um, yep. Con- congratulations to Payette for taking seventh place. Columbia took fifth. Uh, the Cats go two and one. Uh, they lost to the Hawaii JV right away, seventy one forty two. And I think you know a lot of the Hawaii JV players could go be starters at a lot of other right. schools in the SIC. So that's not necessarily a bad loss. They rebound uh-huh. to beat. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I was just going to say on paper, anytime you see lost to a JV team, people go, oh, wow. But you filled in exactly what I was going to say, where it's basically varsity A and varsity B at Owyhee. So it, there's there's no asterisk attached to that loss at all. Yeah, no way. And then after that, they rebound and beat Payette and Gooding uh, in the fifth place game. So Columbia goes two and one. I really like their coach, uh, Dom Dom Fear, Dominic Fear. He does such a great job getting the most out of his players. You know, you look at Columbia's overall record, and yeah, they're three and eight and they're 0 and two, but man, do they compete? They have been in a lot of tight games. They lost to Ridgeview earlier this year, 56 51. They lost to CUNA by only 10. Uh, they lost to Nampa, you know, by just 12. So they've been in a lot of games this year. They lost a Valley View last night, Paul, in overtime by four, 68-64. At some right. point, that pendulum's going to swing back to Columbia's side. It has oh, to, you're right? Exactly right. And, and, and at the point of the season we're at, that pendulum is going to happen in districts when it matters. You know, you can lose all the tight games you want, but that just kind of fires a team up and teaches you how to play from behind sometimes where that, that's a dangerous team. Uh, a team that loses just by a few points in a lot of games. It's a very dangerous team. They just need to figure out how to get over that hump. And if they do that during the regular season, they get into districts, they could be a team to watch. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, They have, so they just graduated Jack Keller, who was uh, the SIC player of the year and great three-point shooter. Younger Keller is in there now, Max Keller, and he's a freshman. And so... Hey, you nice. lose one, another one's coming through. So <laughs> thanks, Mr. And Mrs. Keller. <laughs> you know, good job. Good job on that. Yep, for sure. So yeah, Columbia, I think is a team to keep an eye on. Uh, they will play Bishop Kelly for the first time on Tuesday, January 16th. That's one I'll be watching with a lot of interest there for Columbia. Uh, Parma, the host school, they took fourth place, Paul. They went one and two. Uh, they fell to American Falls in the third place game, 68-62, but you know, this is not your typical Parma team. You know, Parma's been down the past couple of years, but man, they've got a first-year coach, familiar name, right? Tanner Kramer, and already, you know, you you can see a difference in the way Parma's preparing and competing. You're right, and and you look at at Parma over the last few years, and I mean, it's no secret they've struggled um, in a lot of sports. You know, football, um, one especially, and and of course, their best program is probably their their JV baseball program is probably the best. Head coach Will Henneke. You know, taking that place, taking them to glory. But but you're right. In, in basketball, it's like when I grew up, Parma was in, in our conference, and they were tough. They were always tough. And uh, and to have that Kramer name there in Parma, which is, you know, of course, I'm going to guess his grandpa um, is Mr. Kramer that played for the Packers 
in the Super Bowl. Um, he still lived around there. So, um, you know, it's, it's a winning pedigree, so to speak. And if you can just get the right players in the right spot, see what happens. But I always root for the underdog and, and teams that aren't doing so well to do better. And, and, uh, and I'm excited to see that for them. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about Jerry Kramer from the Green Bay Packers. Yep. Sandpoint yep. Uh, native. Yep. Uh, I, t- I Googled Jerry Kramer, but it was just a bunch of Seinfeld clips. So, <laughs> yeah, lived, lived, lived out in, uh, in Parma forever. So yeah, yeah that's where he lived. Okay. His family coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And then in the championship, uh, Skyview took down the mighty Owyhee JV 70 to 66, really tight game. They beat Tri-Valley in the opening round, Parma in the semis. UIE JV in the championship. So Skyview goes three and oh, and they're the team everybody has kind of circled, right? We kind of like Bishop Kelly as the leader in this 4A SIC this year, but Skyview with uh, the transfers that have come in, Paul, they picked up a couple of former Melba Mustangs, one we kind of heard about during football season, Cash Buse, who quarterbacked them, but they also picked up Tucker Lober from Melba as well. And those two guys have really combined with Mason Cron and some of these other guys, people forget Paul Skyview was a final four team last year. They were playing on semifinal night at the boys for a state tournament. Right. And Skyview is another one of those teams with a history and, and to see them coming out like this, getting a couple of true bona fide moves from Melba um, I think it is is great. I, I loved watching Lober and, and Buse. Um, I'm glad that Cash had some success at quarterback there. Um, Tucker, they're, they're, those two are fun players. I've done the two-way boys teams as well, and and uh, and just a pleasure to watch every year. So that was a huge get for Skyview um, to add to an already very good roster um, there for the Hawks. Yeah, Skyview is – two and one in league play their loan loss came to Ridgeview by a bucket 67 65 when does that rematch happen not till the end of January you're gonna have to wait but next Friday January 12th they travel to Bishop Kelly to play the Knights for the first time this year but really to me BK Ridgeview Skyview those three duking it out all year and Ridgeview of course is going to try to qualify for state for the first time in school history that's a team Logan is really high on. He got to see Ridgeview play at the Capital Classic to start the year on IdahoSports.com. He really likes Ridgeview. So, yeah, Ridgeview, you know, a new school here in the Valley. Um, you know, good leadership um, at the top there in athletics for them. And, and of course, you know, we've got our own Clay Hatfield as a teacher there. So that ups their resale value immediately there at Ridgeview. But, but you know, Ridgeview, you know, being in second place um, in the 4A SIC. That's great for them. Usually you have to kind of scroll down to see where Ridview's at and to see them now nine games in second place, they've got a chance. And, and, and the four, a brackets, another one where the SIC, they, they push a lot of teams into that state tournament bracket as well. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see which to uh, get to qualify from state. Uh, I don't think I'll have to double check. I don't know that there's any play in games. I think it's just everybody gets their, yeah. Yeah. No, no play in games. So uh, it'll be interesting. Last tournament to talk about, Paul, your hometown of New Plymouth, the truckstop.com tournament. Uh, they had they had enough teams for two brackets. They've done that the past couple of years. Uh, Coach Jeff Lavender does a really nice job running that tournament. Let's start with the smaller bracket. This was kind of had some of the smaller schools in it. Garden Valley wins the whole enchilada. They go 3-0. and They beat Vision Charter, 52-26, and then it got a little tighter. They beat Water Springs by only four in the semis, 44-40, and then they beat Carey in the championship, 69-52. Shh, don't tell anybody. Garden Valley's undefeated. Yeah, crazy, huh? Uh, <laughs> and and they also, I mean, we usually go up to Garden Valley once or twice during the regular season, and, um, and they're another team that, this is always good. You know, we've seen them battle Dietrich and we've seen them battle, you know, these other teams and, and uh, the Wolverines are, are just, a, you know, uh, always a team to watch out for. Paul, can we send you to Cascade Monday, January 8th, Garden Valley at Cascade? Can I, can, can I have you commit to that here on IdahoSports.com? No, I'm just no. kidding. It's I wouldn't lot. mind. It's, it's, it's not that bad. It's an hour and a half, maybe. I've got a buddy that has a cabin up in Cascade. I could just spend the night. Oh yeah. 
sounding better and better. I mean, the matchup on paper, Garden Valley 11 and 0, Cascade 8 and 4, but they're both undefeated in league play. Garden Valley's 3 and 0, Cascade is 2 and 0, and these are the two heavy teams at the top. Council is kind of working in some new guys. They're still trying to figure it out. We'll talk about Council here in a second, but that is the game. Monday, January 8th, Garden Valley at Cascade. And it, it's the usual suspects for Garden Valley, right? Tacoma Kelly, Max Yearsley, Trustin Brown is a big 6'5 presence inside. Uh, yep. All these guys that we saw during football season. And Heather Kelly, you know, is a, a really underrated coach. She does a good job with these Garden Valley boys. You know, and I don't know who's underrating her, Brandon, but if you if you find him, tell me, and I'll just drive to their house and smack him in the head. She's, you know, she was the assistant coach there when uh, <clears throat> when Joel Lafleur uh, was there as the boys' coach, um, took him to state, and now Joel is back as the girls' coach. Um, and so his assistant coach is now the boys' coach, and he is now the girls' coach. Um, I don't know if they're going to next year maybe flip a coin and say, okay, you take girls, I'll take boys, or what? But but Heather. Yeah, she she knows what she's doing, and and that's been apparent uh, ever since we really started um, going up and, and broadcasting those games. And she's doing a bang up job there. Yeah, in the last couple of years, Heather's assistant has been Jason Yearsley, the football coach. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that's still continuing this year or not, but yeah, Garden Valley eleven and zero, and they win the smaller bracket at the truckstop.com tournament. Uh, other highlights from the Treasure Valley Vision Charter took fifth. Uh, they went two and one. They lost to Garden Valley right away, but then they beat the Nampa Christian JV and Horseshoe Bend by 10 in the fifth place game, which means Horseshoe Bend gets to take sixth. They lose to Carey by only 12. Um, they beat the Ontario JV as if beating the Ontario varsity wasn't wow. bad enough. The JV came <laughs> over and, uh, and lost 75 to 30 to Horseshoe Bend. Um, and then they only lost to 10 uh, to Vision Charter by 10. So I, I was actually pretty encouraged by Horseshoe Bend and their coach, uh, Jason Bromgard. You know, he's got some good athletes this year, too. Yeah, and, and Horseshoe Bend has seen a lot of success um, over the years in, in multiple sports. And uh, Horseshoe Bend is a, a, a great place, you know, just over the hill from from the Boise Valley. Um, but they're on their own. And, and they're also one of those teams that no one really looks at, regardless of what their record is. So they, they can I can see them sneaking in. Yeah, uh, big bracket at the truckstop.com tournament. We'll work in reverse order here because I say big in quotations because council got thrown into this big bracket. It <laughs> just might yeah. be a one AD two school council has scheduled very aggressively this year, Paul, it's led to a four and eight record with a, with a cast of new characters um, and some varsity newcomers and a new coach as well. Uh, I believe it's JC Tucker is coaching the council boys uh, first year as the head coach, they're taking over for Clay Holland. Um, but they lose to Vale by nine or by 11, 51 to 40. Uh, they lose to Napa Christian in their second game, and then they beat Ontario in the uh, in the seventh and eighth place game, 42 36. So, Council is another one of those teams where you can't just look at their record and judge them because they have played a gauntlet of a schedule. Yes. And the Lumberjacks, uh, you know, the Tuckers, you know, because Paula Tucker is now the AD and girls coach at council. She was Salmon River before. And the, the Tuckers and the Shepherds um, are going to take over the everything from basically a little bit outside of Payette, probably to Coeur d'Alene uh, by 2040 is my guess. Uh, they're just slowly expanding their uh, their empire. Uh, and, and they always win. I mean, they, they just have a history of winning. Yeah, you've got uh, Salmon River, where Paula Tucker was previously. Uh, Mike Shepard coaches the boys. Levi Tucker coaches the girls. And now you've got Paula. Paula. What's that? I said, so Paula and and Charlie Shepard are brother and sister. And then Levi's the son. Uh, He's also the father-in-law of Leighton Vanderesh. He married his daughter, Maddie. Uh, It's just... Yeah, like I said, both sides of the mountain, because there's a mountain between the Cascade side and the council side, and they're just going to take everything up both those highways. Yeah. So you want to be on their side when 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 it comes, because that's where you're going to want to go. You, I'll meet you basically in Riggins when the end yeah. time. You, me, the Shepherds and the Tuckers. We're just going to keep everybody safe. 
Hey, I, it sounds like a plan. It kind of sounds like a country song <laughs> a little bit too. Uh, and then you've got Paula Tucker, of course, coaching the council girls and JC Tucker coaching the council boys and kind of quietly Sam and river girls are doing pretty well this year too, Paul, uh, playing some no, really, number, really numbers, are always a factor. numbers are always a factor there. And it's just gotten a little bit worse over the years where, you know, sometimes I think we did an article on the six players they had at one point. Um, so them being able to get the numbers out and then be competitive with those numbers, that's uh, very good for them. Yeah, they had to play some eighth graders last year, but they're now yep. kind of seasoned freshmen and and doing really well. Uh, Sam and River on the season on the girls' side, I know we're kind of ping-ponging back and forth here between boys and girls, but I did want to give them a shout-out. They've already beaten uh, Tri-Valley in league play this year and so uh for salmon river it's been a really impressive start to the year um ewing is kind of their best player and she's been a really fun player to watch um so yeah salmon river is six and two overall they're two and oh in the conference they're undefeated in long pin play with wins over excuse me council is who they beat so they went and beat council the defending state champions now yeah. council council was missing uh hope zolman but they had everybody else and Salmon River won 53-45. Yeah, and, and it's it's unconfirmed, but I believe she's related to Patrick Ewing. That's not, <laughs> I, I have no idea. I have no uh, idea. Yeah, so so they have um, four freshmen, uh, Raiden Hayes, Audrey Tucker, Liz Markley, Taylor Ewing, and they all played as eighth graders last year, and they have an eighth grader on this year's team also, Kennedy Wilson. <laughs> so Audrey's actually a great barrel racer as well, by the way. Uh, there you go. There is tidbit for you. There is one senior, one junior on this year's Salmon River team. Otherwise, it's a sophomore, four freshmen, and an eighth grader. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, and and and, and it, when the IHSA uh, agreed to allow eighth graders to play, and this just happened a few years ago, um, I remember the the arguments back and forth, and I wasn't sure um, which side of the fence I was because. I was never a huge fan of freshmen being on varsity and, and, but once, once the reality hit of small towns getting smaller in Idaho, um, I, I think that was a great, uh, great job by the IHSA to have a little bit of foresight to allow eighth graders to play, um, in these schools, because without it, the older kids don't have an opportunity to play and they start up. I mean, they can have five years on varsity. Uh, you know, if you can get, kids playing by the time you, you can actually build a program at that point. If, if you don't have a lot of play, if there's not a lot of bodies, student body, you can build a program by having that one extra class. Yep. Uh, up where I live, Mullen girls this year had to petition to get three eighth graders to play. It gave them six players total. So, I mean, they don't, yeah. they don't have a season unless those three eighth graders get to play. And so I'm glad they got the green light there. So, yeah. So council took seventh, they beat Ontario in the seventh and eighth place game. Napa Christian beats victory charter in the fifth place game, 70 to 53. So Napa Christian takes fifth victory charter takes sixth victory charter has got a really good kid. Noah Palomares, um, who doesn't get as much hype as some of the other, you know, big five, a guys. Um, but that kid can shoot it and he can fill it up. So Noah Palomares from victory charter. If you're looking to take in a, a game and see somebody really fun, uh, cascade took fourth ball. Um, they beat victory charter in their opener 69 58. And so this is why I said that cascade garden Valley game is going to be pretty yeah. good. Cause cascade got to state last year. I got to see them play council in the, the third place game at state essentially. And they went out and competed really well. And they've got a lot of the same players back from last year. So this is a cascade team that, you know, lost to new Plymouth and, and lost to Liberty charter in the third place game, but it was only by five 54 49 and cascade. Another team that's always had, you know, population issues. Um, you know, they've, they've had to cancel football seasons because of lack of players and, and, uh, and it's a beautiful place up there. I don't know why it's not booming up there. People just wanting, and I'm sure they're saying, no, stay away. Uh, but it's, it's a great place up there. So, um, and we've never done a game at Cascade. Um, that's one of the few places here in Idaho. We've never done any sport anywhere. So yeah, it'd be fun to go to Cascade. Um, you said it's in three days. Uh, I'll see, I'll see what my calendar looks like. I thought, I thought you guys went to Cascade once last year, didn't you? No. I know we covered Cascade in the regular season. Maybe they were playing at somewhere else. Make at Garden Valley, maybe. 
No, no, I, I know. Just, no, no, it was at Garden Valley. It was at yeah, Garden Valley. That's what it was. Um, so yeah, uh, coach, uh, Josh Hurley doing a great job with, with cascade. Uh, got to meet him in person last year in that third place game at state. And, uh, he is a great guy for sure. Uh, Liberty charter did take third. Uh, they beat cascade 54 49 in the third place game. They barely lost a veil in the semis 55 47. Otherwise Liberty charter might've been playing new Plymouth for the championship, but it was the host Grimm's taking the truckstop.com title, uh, in, in a, blowout none of these games were close they beat ontario 68 23 they beat cascade uh 61 35 they beat vale 76 46 um total domination from new plymouth and coach jeff lavender yeah lavender who actually i believe he lives in vale um he, te- he teaches at vale and coaches at new plymouth great guy i mean just salt of the earth kind of guy um good can't say enough about him, but, uh, you know, to win your own tournament, that's kind of the goal. You know, you invite any, everybody in, you want to be able to, you know, bring up the the championship trophy to your, uh, to your home crowd. And, and, you know, just a little fun fact, I worked at internet truck stop while I was working on Idaho sports as a hobby, uh, way back in the day, uh, Scott Moss grip, great guy I worked for and, and to see them, you know, continue to sponsor this tournament every year. And, make it grow and, and better. The only problem with Christmas tournaments is it's hard for us to cover because it's Christmas, you know, with, I, I, it's hard to get guys out place. Hey, can you leave your family for a, a night or two and go cover some basketball? And uh, we need some more dedicated broadcasters. I think that during the Christmas season uh, to, to do some of these, because I really wanted to go to, to that truck stop tournament. My son, came you know home on leave and so just didn't work out and uh so we'll we'll see what happens in the future but i I would love to start covering more of these christmas tournaments yeah it's tough we had guys that weren't even like in the state like i'm in california sorry i'm uh i'm in denver sorry like okay hey what can you do lucas Uh, is the name yeah i I know right it's like logan Logan actually wrote i mean there's a comment from logan here from 10 minutes ago saying brandon's cheating on me you could have done it you could have done this, Logan. You just chose not to. So, no, I might, I might take over this gig, Logan. You might get fired. I was, I was gonna put this up at the end, but yeah, there's Logan. <laughs> Brandon is cheating on me. Yep, for sure. I, I, um, I'm, I'm the other. I'm the mistress, apparently. <laughs> and what, and what a fine mistress you are. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, I did want to talk about before we wrap up with wrestling this two A Western Idaho Conference for boys basketball, yeah. Paul. The top five teams in the standings, Coal Valley Christian, eight and one overall, three and oh in the league. Uh, and then New Plymouth, Ambrose, Nampa Christian, and Melba are all two and one in league play. They've all just beaten up on each other. But look at the overall records Coal Valley, eight and one, New Plymouth, nine and one, Ambrose, eight and two, Nampa Christian, six and two, Melba, six and three. That is a combined record of 12, 20, 28, 37, and 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 37 and 9, Paul. Look at that on-the-fly math. I'm impressed. Uh, Not sure if it's right, but yeah, 37 and 9. No one's going to fact check you. But, <laughs> you know, I, I've, I've been – I'm old, and so I've seen a lot of these polls. I don't remember – I don't remember all five – top five teams being from the same conference. I just don't. I mean, there's always been two or three and maybe some also receiving votes, but all five of the top five teams, and this is the coaches poll coming from the WIC. Uh, that That's just phenomenal. Everybody says, yeah, I've got the toughest conference. Well, the two AWIC on the boys side, uh, they can actually say that and have something to back it up with. Yeah, it's insane. The uh, IdahoSports.com boys basketball coaches poll that came out this week, that that was your top five, all from the same league. Cole Valley, New Plymouth, Ambrose, Napa Christian, and Melba. And like I said, Cole Valley's 3-0. Everybody else is 2-1. And and they've all kind of beaten up on each other. So that is going to be an interesting race because there are two and a half bids available to state from this league, Paul, which means uh, a handful of really good teams are going to be stuck at home. Oh, that's right. And, and we see that everywhere, but, uh, you know, in a case like this where you're a top five, maybe you're a number four at the end of the season. Yep. You don't go to state. It's too bad, but that's just, you know, it's the system we work with. So, um, 
but you also can't forget about all the other good teams around the state, North Fremont, Declo, you know, Wendell, uh, Westside. There's, there's a lot of good teams out there um, that are saying, how come we're not in the top five? And, and, and what I found over the years is, so you've got your preseason stuff that happens. You've got your Christmas tournaments that set your record coming out into the new year. And, and that really shapes your coaches' polls and your media polls. Well, once you get a week, week and a half into the new year when they're playing their conference schedule, that's where you really see the polls becoming a little bit more accurate uh, because you're playing against talent that is more on your level. So when these when these top five teams start playing each other, those records, you know, by math, says they can't all be two and one in a week from now. You know, uh, they can't all have the same number of wins and losses. So that's where it's really going to shake up is probably next week's coaches poll and next week's media poll um, after this week's games, this weekend's games. Um, I think you're really going to see a, a little bit more accurate top five. I'm not saying those those teams don't deserve to be in the top five. Uh, but once they start playing each other and conference games around the state, that's when you're going to see a little bit more parity um, in, in all of these rankings. Yeah, it's uh, my first year of covering state basketball for IdahoSports.com. I did the 2A boys, and Melba was there. Ambrose was there. They got to the championship, and New Plymouth won the play-in game to get there. So there was three teams. Uh, we could definitely see a similar outcome this yeah. season, uh, no doubt about it. So good luck to all of those WIC teams uh, competing yep. there. Uh, okay, before we wrap up with wrestling talk, who was that guy from the Chicago Bulls you name-dropped earlier? Bill something? It wasn't Bill Cartwright, but it was Bill Winnington. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Bill, Bill Winnington. Sean's Sean Kane is in the chat. His answer to that is, "How is the hook shot? Was that his well, patented shot? If it was as good as Bill Winnington's, I would have been in the NBA. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Bill Winnington's got more rings than a lot of players, more than Charles Barkley. Well, yeah, I mean, you have more rings than Charles Barkley. True. Your 93 state championship with New Plymouth. Uh, okay, we're going to wrap up with a little wrestling oh, talk. No. <laughs> I thought you were pulling a Gary showing your ring. I was, I was, but I remembered I didn't actually get a ring. Yeah, it's not a state yeah. tournament special without Gary holding up that ring and saying, this is what everybody's playing for. It's because a good motivation. Are for. Yes. Yep. No doubt. Okay, before we wrap up, biggest weekend of the year in wrestling outside of state in terms of importance but in terms of sheer number of teams coming to the treasure valley uh yeah 98 schools now some are bringing just the boys some are bringing just the girls some are bringing both but in total 98 schools will be represented at this weekend's raleigh lane invite at the idaho center in napa it is such a fun event and it has just grown and grown from you know the early early 2000s is when it really started um you know, Todd Katie was at Skyview, I believe then. Now he's the AD at, at Columbia and and all the help. You know, Stuart Vickers was involved back then and Alta Stewart there at the uh, at the head table. She might still be there, honestly. And uh, it's it's just grown and grown and grown into really the, the, the premier wrestling tournament. I think one of one of the top premier tournaments in the Northwest, definitely in Idaho. And there's a lot of good tournaments in Idaho in the Northwest. And Raleigh Lane brings so many good teams from so many states. When you're looking at California, of course, Idaho, Nevada, Oregon, Utah, Washington, a lot of good teams coming in and a lot of good players. And now you've got that girl side as well um, coming in. And, and you'll notice that Idaho sports didn't come out with rankings this week because want to wait until after Raleigh lane, because that's going to shake everything up um, after Raleigh lane. And, and, and it's kind of like what we talked about in basketball, where after the new year, you get a, you know, a week or two in the conference play and it kind of sets the standings. Once you get through Raleigh lane, you know, kids are setting their weights. Uh, they don't stray from there too much after that. Um, they they're able to wrestle against the competition that, that they're being ranked against. So next week's rankings, when they come out, pay attention to them because they're going to be, they're going to be uh, probably vastly different than we've seen the last uh, in the previous weeks. Yep. And we will of course break down everything that happened at Raleigh lane on the Idaho Matt chat prep cast. It is our standalone wrestling only prep cast. We do it live every Tuesday night at eight o'clock mountain time on the Idaho sports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, Twitter account, and the Idaho wrestling news Facebook page. And it is, right. it's so 
fun. We do it for about an hour every Tuesday night. All the wrestling diehards are in there, and they really drive the conversation. We have a couple of topics that we talk about, but really it's the fans that are asking the questions and, and yep. steering the conversation. You know, the Matt Chat PrepCast is, is what you and I envisioned when, when we really started the prep cast of having that fan interaction, you know, and after, you know, I, I try to watch the Matt chat prep cast and, and, and just watch those comments. And, and even afterwards, I mean, there's a hundred comments and, and that's just that fan interaction. The wrestling world is it, it's the fan base is, is bigger than basketball. Um, and I found that out early on in the early days when I was just doing Idaho sports by myself. And I realized wrestling gave us bigger numbers. So I created Idaho wrestling news back in the day and it went, it went so crazy that I didn't have time to do both in the wintertime. So I kind of put everything back into uh, idahosports.com and, and, uh, and now we're kind of do the right rankings again, but that, you know, that wrestling fan base is so underserved. Uh, the sport of wrestling is so underserved and you know what you and, and Jacob and uh, Brian and Al uh, do every Tuesday night. And, you know, Al's, articles and features he does and the rankings crew jacob and those guys you know i i get i get the fan emails from the rankings i like to filter them before i send them on to the rankings crew and there's some passionate people out there let's just leave it at that very passionate about their their wrestlers and and that's what i love and i would love to see all of our prep cast grow to to be uh you know that sort of uh, thing the eight-man prep cast in the fall and the Matt Chat prep cast are, are really the uh, the shining stars, the beacons that all the other prep casts long to be. And th they'll get there. This episode is probably going to be the best episode of the Treasure Valley podcast uh, we've seen in a long time. Yeah, I don't know if they're still here, but Logan Green, Sean Kane, there you go. Boss says do better. <laughs> there we go. Hey, right. Uh, Paul Kingsbury, what a pleasure. Thank you for stepping in and pinch hitting since uh, Logan, Logan decided to go jet set over to the East Coast. What a waste of money. Go watch the Panthers play the Bucks. It's crazy to me. Crazy. You can watch him on, well, you can't watch him. You could probably listen to him on your XM station in your car for free. Doesn't yeah. make any sense. Might be more exciting than actually watching them play too. I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be bad. So, all right. Well, Big thanks to everybody that tuned in here uh, live on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter account. If you could hit that like button on the way out and then share this, it'll help everybody uh, try to find it on replay. Find it a little easier amongst all the social media algorithms and everything like that. So uh, big thanks uh, to Paul and I'm Brandon, and we will see you again next week to break down all the biggest stories from the Treasure Valley right here on the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.